Welcome to Redeemer's Church Weekly Message Podcast, where our mission is simple. We're a church that is passionate about loving God and loving people. And now, we hope you enjoy this week's message by Pastor Dwight Bennett. Amen. Hallelujah. Good morning. Come on, give me a good good morning. Good morning. And when we run to the Father, oh my. That song just twists me in two, man. I love that. I love the concept. You know, so often when we go through life, life happens and we run away from the Father for some reason as if we're not worthy to press into Him. And today I want you to know that you're not only worthy, that He wants you to run into His presence. He wants you to be in a place where you can hear His voice. How many of you, uh, after listening to last week's message, that uh, you, you did not eat food until you opened your Bible this week? Hey, come on now. I said, don't, if, if, you, if you can't eat the Word, don't eat food. Let's see how long you don't eat food before you eat the Word. And so it's so powerful to be in the presence of God in the concept of His Word. I talked to you last week and beginning this series on hearing the voice of God that we can hear His voice through His written Word. I talked to you about how the written Word is Logos. It's, it's a, a, an established foundation. It's on the pages of the Bible. But that when we get into the place to where we're devouring the Word, that God so often turns and makes it a rhema word. That word that's in the Bible jumps out at us and becomes alive to us. It's as if God was speaking that word to us and us alone at that moment. I gave you the example that uh, when I was reading the word about Jesus wanting me to be his servant, that that transformed something in me that catapulted my relationship with him to a whole nother destiny and a whole nother level. And that's what the Word of God does. It's, it's words on a page, but when the Holy Spirit brings it to life, it becomes not only just uh, uh, words and structure, it becomes life and revelation. And that revelation then becomes your rhema word for what God would have in store for your life. So today we're going to continue on in our series. We're going to move to the, the place where we're going to cover a few of the, the ways that I mentioned to you that God speaks to us. I'm going to quickly just go through that list again so that you make sure that you, you have uh, the ways God speaks to us. The first way I talk to you about how God speaks to us, and I think there might be a slide on this, Maddie, if I'm not mistaken. The first way he speaks is through his audible voice. The second way that he speaks to us is through dreams. And that is an extremely captivating way that God speaks to us. So many people have said to me so many different times, why would God speak to us through dreams? And for me, in my life, I don't know about you, I run 400 miles an hour. Uh, My ears are pinned back from the very second that I wake up every day. And uh, God has captured me through dreams and visions because that's the time he knows I'm slowed down, is when I'm asleep. 
And uh, he'll wake me up even in, in the, the, the night hours to do that. So, and everything that's listed here is, uh, is biblical. It's in the Bible. There's nothing that uh, I've listed here that's a stretch at all, okay? This is not uh, the gospel by Dwight. This is the gospel uh, uh, through the, the written word. So we know that he speaks to us through visions. The greatest vision uh, aspiration in, in my uh a way that I think is in Acts chapter 10. We'll talk about that later. He speaks to us through angels, and we see that all throughout the Bible. And we know that Hebrews tells us that the angels are ministering spirits to strengthen us and, and to do all the things that, that the angels are called to do to help us to be the ministers that God calls us to be. We know the fifth way he speaks to us is through prophets. We do an uh, extraordinary amount of prophetic training here. Why? Because we know that uh, the Bible says, and when we look through the realm of the spiritual gifts, when, when the Apostle Paul talked about the gifts, the first thing he said is that uh, I'd love for you to practice and participate in all the gifts, but I especially want you to operate in the realm of the prophetic. Why is that? Because when you're operating in the prophetic, you're hearing from God, and then you're becoming a conduit of that message to whomever you're around. The sixth way that, and one of the ways that we're going to focus on this a lot today, is he uh, speaks to us through the wisdom of believers. You know, it's important who you surround yourself with. It really is. It's important that you surround yourself with people who are in tune with God so that as they are with you, then the messages that they have, the, the wisdom that they have can be imparted to you. Uh, we had our men's uh, fireside fellowship on Friday night. Great time. My wife asked me, did you freeze during the time at, the, at Nick's house? I said, no, he had a huge fire. But what was even more important was that is, is that there was a lot of wisdom flowing for around that fire from one man to another. What one guy was going through, another guy had an answer for. So through wisdom of believers, last week we did seven. We talked about he speaks to us through his word. Uh, number eight, he speaks uh, uh, through Jesus. Uh, we see that in nine, and I'm going to focus a little bit on nine today, that he speaks through the Holy Spirit. And 10, he uh, speaks through the discerning of spirits. God puts something inside of us, in our spirit. As we connect with God, our spirits remain in tune. And in that connection, there's a discernment that he gives us. There is an internal knowing when something's not right. There's an internal knowing when God wants you to go left instead of right. There's an internal knowing that becomes a protection to us, and he speaks to us through that realm of discernment. So if you would, turn with me in your Bibles. I'm going to start in uh, familiar scripture in Matthew chapter 4, and uh, we're going to dig into the Word today. I'm excited, as always, to be able to share the Word with you. It is an honor to hear God's voice in the preparation of these messages. It's an honor for God to speak to us as a staff and leadership team about the things that are going to impact our body for the destiny that God has in store for our lives. 
And if we're going to be the body that God's called us to be, folks, trust me, we need to hear his voice. We need to have that inspiration of knowing that not only we know of God, but we know God in an intimate way that we can hear his voice. So, Father, today I come before you. Not my will, but yours be done. Not my words, but your words come forth today. Father, it's uh, an amazing opportunity when we get to open your word and dig into uh, a topic that has so much meaning like this one of hearing the voice of God. Father, I thank you, God, that you speak to your children, that you don't want us to be left out wondering, but that you want to have that intimate relationship with us that brings us to the place to where we not only know your voice, but Father, that there would be an obedience in us that would say yes and amen to the things that you show and teach us. Father, as we open this word today, there's uh, something about when we go through scripture texts like this that we become accountable to. And so, Father, I pray today that our accountability is going to come through what we receive through the words that are spoken in the Bible today. Father, I just pray that through your Holy Spirit that you would just empower me to be able to say exactly what you once said and not a word more. And Father, I'm just so grateful that even as we sang that last song, that we can run to the Father and know your mercy and grace. We can hear your voice, that voice that says, well done, good and faithful servant. That voice that says, I'll never leave or forsake you. That voice that says, I am your friend. And so, Father, today, as we open up this word, we pray, God, that it would expand the parameters of what we know about who you are. And we give you praise today in Jesus' name. Amen. This is the text where Jesus is in the wilderness. He's uh, being confronted by the enemy. And so this is a great text of Scripture because it's where... Jesus is, is, is saying uh, the depth of a truth here that is going to be something that when we get into the place where the enemy's even tempting us, that we can have something to combat that. How many of you realize that one of the things that the enemy loves to do is he loves to cut off the mode of communication between you and God? He wants to do everything he can so that you don't have that intimate and deep connection with God that's, not, that's going to bring you to the place where you're not a survivor, but you're an overcomer. See, the enemy doesn't want you to be an overcomer. He would rather have you land in the place where you're just a survivor, where every day you're just hoping to get through it, as opposed to each day being a day of opportunity, a day where something amazing can happen. But if he can keep you in a place where he's separating you from that intimate connection with God, then you won't find that place of intimacy where God would want you to be. So in Matthew chapter 4, verse 4, uh, Jesus is, is answering uh, the temptations of the enemy when the enemy is commanding him, if you're the son of God, command these stones to become bread. And Jesus comes back to him, it says, but he answered and said, it is written. And where was that written? Deuteronomy 8.3. Jesus is taking the word, the Logos word, the structure 
of what uh, the foundational truths that were given uh, from God to us, and he gives that foundational truth. It is written that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from where? The mouth of God. These are not symbolic forms of, of uh, scripture text that Jesus is just uh, bringing you a realm of symbolism. He's trying to teach you that there is a reality that God speaks words and those words come from his mouth. These word, the word word there is the word rhema and it means that which is spoken and utterance in contrast to logos which is the expression of a thought, a message, or a discourse. Rhema is a direct revelation, a direct uh, uh, speaking where God uh, speaks to us. Derek Prince, um, who uh, writes a lot on this topic, the Word of God, he's talking about in the, uh, the idea of Matthew chapter 4, verse 4, he says, the Greek term word is rhema, and every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Now listen to this, the word proceeds is the continuing present tense. The continuing present tense. So if there was going to be some kind of confusion between this logos and this actual speaking of God, that we're, he's making the point to differentiate the two. Okay? So this is a, a present tense. It's the expression expressing the idea of every preceding word. Every word as it proceeds out of the mouth of God. This meaning shows us why hearing God's voice involves a direct and personal relationship with God. Now listen to this. The preceding, the characteristic of a rhema word means that in the instant it comes, we are in tune with God right then and right there. Right then and right there. God is as active as, as, and he's alive in us uh, as, as, as I am with Tammy in our personal relationship. And the same way that I speak a present word to her is the same way that in God's intimacy with us, he speaks a present word to us. Rhema is not past. Now listen to this. Nor is it future. It is the present, the here and now. The word we receive in the continuing preceding word of God for that given moment, for that given time, for that given situation, this is the kind of word that lives on. And that's why Pastor Caleb was saying in the closing of worship today that this moment you can never get it back in the history of your life. And when God is in the, the, the midst of our present moment, then what, it, what happens is, is that we have a future stability, a future confidence, because we know that God is with us for this moment and that, that nothing can shake us, nothing can over, overwhelm us, that God can't stand in the midst of with us. He answered, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Now, Jesse, when he opened, and Corinne did the same thing last week, we never talked, we never spoke about where I was heading with the message, but turn with me to the scripture Jesse was talking about in 1 Samuel 3, because that's my second scripture that I want to talk to you about. Why do I want to mention this? 
One is this, is that in this time when God spoke to, to Samuel, the Bible says that this was a time when there wasn't a lot of direct revelation from God. That this was a time when, when uh, for whatever reason, that God w wasn't uh, speaking as, as uh, vividly as he was in times past. And the reason I want to share this text is, is because God speaks so many times and so many different ways to people that they get to the place to where they just don't realize or recognize that that is God speaking. And, and this example is just that example. That even Samuel, when he heard that voice, he, he couldn't actually distinguish whose voice that was. And so when he heard the voice, he thought it must have been Eli because that is the one that was closest to him calling him out. But that was not the case. See, God was speaking to him, but it says that uh, in verse 3, Now the boy Samuel ministered to the Lord before Eli. And the word of the Lord was rare in those days, and there was no widespread revelation. And it came to pass at that time, while Eli was laying down in his place, and when his eyes had begun to grow so dim that he could not see. And before the lamp of God went out in the tabernacle of the Lord, where the ark of God was, while Samuel was lying down, that the Lord called Samuel. And he answered, here am I. Samuel, here am I. So he ran to Eli and said, Here am I, for you called me. And he said, I did not call you. Lie down again. And he went and, and laid down. And in verse 6 it says, Then the Lord called yet again. See, sometimes when God is capturing our attention, he has to say something to us more than one time. He has to get to the place to where... Uh, uh, we're not going to just hear some voice, but yet we're going to identify who that voice is coming from. So then the Lord called yet again, Samuel. So Samuel arose and went to Eli, and he said, Here am I, for you called me. And he answered, I did not call you, my son, lie down again. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, nor was the word of the Lord revealed to him. And the Lord called Samuel again, and the third time. So he arose and went to Eli and said, Here am I, for you did call me. Then Eli perceived that the Lord had called the boy. Now, we're going to be talking about the wisdom of, of believers today. And see, when we set ourselves around the people who know God, there's experiences and encounters that other people have had that can help direct us to the place to where then we can understand the encounters that we're having. And so this is what happened. After the third time that God called to Samuel, Eli said, wow, if I'm not calling, this boy's not hearing voices. He must be being summoned by God. And so... It said, the Lord called to Samuel the third time, verse 9, Therefore Eli said to Samuel, Go lie down, and it shall be. If he calls you, that you must say, Speak, Lord, for your servant, what? Hears. Speak, Lord, for your servant hears. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. And now the Lord came and stood and called as at other times, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel answered, Speak, for your servant hears. 
One of the things that I want to talk to you about in hearing the voice of God is I just want to give you something super practical. How can we get to the place to where God speaks to us like he did to Samuel, but then we can actually acknowledge that that's God? Well, that takes practice. And when God speaks to you in the littlest of things, that's when you got to take a step back to that moment that God led you or spoke to you, and then you'll begin to understand that is a, a revelation of how God connects with you. What am I talking about? Well, I'm talking about some of the simplest things. Uh, I remember that... Uh, Aaron was telling me, my, my nephew, that, and you guys all know about the horrific accident that had took place and somebody ran through a cornfield, busted through their front yard, knocked cars all over the place and, and different things. But be, before that happened, he said, I never moved my vehicle up, but I, that day I took and moved my car up three more feet, my truck up three more feet. Well, why would he move his truck up three more feet? Well, if he would have kept his truck where it was, the guy that blasted his Toyota Corolla 150 yards down the road would have probably blasted that truck into that same dimension. So how do we know when God speaks to us? Because when God speaks to us, it always has a purpose behind it. And in that particular case, it was because of the safety of, of that particular vehicle. So how do we know when God speaks? How do we practice that? We go back to that moment when we said, you know, I'm going to go ahead and move my vehicle three feet. What did that sound like? Why did God move me into that direction? Uh, what, what prompted me to, to obey that particular movement? And what you'll find is, is that when you understand how, how God's voice spoke to you in a moment like, hey, uh, I know you always go uh, home down Route 33, but today I want you to take 71 to 270. And then you just do that, and then you end up seeing that God had a purpose for that destiny. Well, you go back to that moment where you completely changed uh, the route or direction that you were going, and you sit and meditate on the moment that you said yes to the change of direction. Now, this last uh, couple months, Tammy and I went to Florida. And we, you know, when we go to Florida, we always fly Southwest or Delta. That's our two go-tos. And we were in a place to where we were trying to get the best price, and we usually never take the bargain airlines. Uh, but this time, for whatever reason, I felt confident and sure. You know, being in the aircraft industry, I have a tendency to know whose track records, their safety records, know their practices, which would lead me to not fly the, the bargain airlines. I'm not going to give the name of the bargain airline because I'm sure many of you fly them, and I don't want to be a detriment to that particular airline. So we flew that particular bargain airline, and when we check in, with the, the check-in agent, there was an immediate connection. And it was a no doubt God wanted us to be on this particular airline because he was connecting us with the girl who was behind the counter. And right from the hit, it didn't matter, uh, you know, if it's like, uh, can I see your driver's license? Are you a Christian? 
like this quick connection. So after 20 minutes with the girl at the, the check-in counter, uh, we, we not only got to share, but she had had uh, uh, relational issues, and she wanted to find a man that would love her, and she looked at me and said, tell me how this man loves you, because I can see that this man really loves you. So Tammy's sharing things about what kind of husband to look for and these types of things. And then I said, look, before we go, why don't you come uh, just pop out here and let's pray for you. He said, absolutely. So we ha had a moment with her, actually a few moments of prayer with her. If I would have went to what my go-to was, Southwest, Delta, I would have not would not have been at the counter where God was making this divine connection for us to be this inspiration for the girl behind Now, you know, I can go back to being at my dinner table and on my computer getting ready to book these things when what normally is a massive in my spirit, a no way I'm going to fly this became a peace. It became something that I just, without reservation, I can remember taking uh, the, the copies of the paper back to Tammy. It was late. And I said, hey, we're going to fly this. She's like, what? We're going to fly who? No. You know, she's like, I don't know about that, you know, because she listens to me all the time when I talk about different airlines. And so, but I know that God spoke to me at that kitchen table, gave me that peace to uh, uh, book that flight because he wanted us to be at that checkout counter. There was four other check-in people. And we went to the exact person that God had uh, in store for us to minister to, and that was a couple weeks before we came to that counter. You see, God has a way of speaking to us that lends us to a place of direction, a place of destiny. And you would say, well, pastor, you just said that God speaks in the present. He speaks in that right now moment. He did. He said, right now, book this flight on that airline. So my obedience to book that flight on that airline opened up the future side of what the ministry was going to be. See, God now moment, that was manna rhema for that exact second of my life. But that second in my life had a destiny for the future ministry of this person at the counter. And so, see, when we get into the place to where we're thinking about God talks to us, God leads us and directs us, sometimes it becomes so it seems so far away that we couldn't even imagine going that place where God would speak to us and allow him to do that. So why am I saying that's how you practice? There isn't a person in here, I guarantee you, who God has not spoke to you at one time or another. That God has not said, go left instead of right. That God don't buy this, but buy that. Where God has said, back out of this thing and run from it. Where God has said something to you, and if I would give you two or three minutes to just sit and ponder that, every one of you would come to that place where you would say, oh, that was, people, th this is the term, wow, that was the freakiest moment. Wow, that was just so weird. Oh, I mean, that was just wild. I mean, you know, I just, I, I was going here, and then God said, go there, and next thing you know, I'm at the gas 
and, and there's a lady crying on the next pump. This is a story that one of my friends told me. I never stop at this station. I was in a hurry, but God I'd pull in here and get gas. When I pulled in to get gas, there was a lady with her face in her hands and she was troubled and burdened. She got to the place she had no money to get gas. Well, God sent my buddy to not only fill up her tank, but fill up her spirit. And so, see, God, when he directs us in that present tense moment, that is how he speaks to us for that present moment. And then when he speaks, he does it because you're, the thing that he speaks to you will either provide the comfort that you need. Let me just say this. There's so many times we need God for our moment, for that moment where we need his strength. We, we need his encouragement. They go beyond giving you a pick-me-up. But I also know that God speaks to us in those moments because he wants to direct us through that obedience. You see, God looks for obedience. The Bible says obedience is even greater than sacrifice. And so when we hear God's word, even when we don't know it's God, but you reacted, then you can go back to that moment. Pastor, how do I hear God's voice? And I say to you, what did it sound like? when you were in that car and he said, turn around and go to the gas station that you've never been to. That's where you practice hearing the voice of God. And I guarantee you in your life, there's not a person in here who has not had a moment where they said, that was the weirdest thing that ever happened to me. That was crazy craziest uh, um, situation that I've ever been in. It just, I never do that. Well, that's because God speaks to us in that never do that moment. And he directs us for those to what uh, Jesse went into. But what Jesse said is absolutely right. You see, God was pulling Samuel away into a place because what did it say at the beginning? Now, the boy Samuel ministered to the Lord before Eli. Samuel had a place of ministry, ministering to the Lord before Eli. And so God brought this message to him because he was going to be the one who was going to be able to speak this tough word. But God brought him into that place to where it opened up the idea of now Samuel being able to hear God's voice and continue to do what God had called him to do. See, this isn't a mystical, weird thing. This is what the Bible talks about. The Apostle Paul says in Corinthians, No eye has seen, no ear has heard the things that God has prepared for those who love him. So if God is preparing something for us, then we need to hear his voice to know what he's preparing for us. Can I get an amen? Amen. Turn, if you would, just briefly to another uh, scripture, very common. Let's look at Romans 10, 17, and I want you to turn because if you're looking at this on your phone, any scripture that I'm giving you, highlight it in your phone. I'm giving old school like me, and you just still love to smell the pages of your Bible, and you 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 can't totally break free to do things like that. Open up your Word and mark in your Bible Romans ten seventeen Romans ten seventeen. So why is God speaking to us? Romans 10, 17 says this, that this is where faith comes, okay? And without 
impossible to please God. So if faith comes, as this says, faith comes by what? And hearing what? By the word of God, the rhema word of God. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. So when we get back in, why did you turn left? Why did you go to this other airline? You uh, go to the gas station and perform the, the end up performing the duty that you needed to do. Because see, when this guy turned around to get gasoline at the station he never went to, he had no idea that there was going to be a lady at the pump that needed assistance. He had no idea that God, through him being obedient, was going to lead him to a ministry opportunity. And not only did this person get their gas tank filled, but they also got prayer, and it put them in a whole different place. Amazing would it be if you're the single mom at that gas pump crushed by life and we whip somebody around, turns them completely around. How loved would that lady feel? How amazing sitting there lost and lonely and broken. But a God who loves you so much turns somebody's life into a whole different direction to come to your rescue. That's amazing, and that's God. And so, see those types of things, then we know that when faith comes by hearing, the next time that God is speaking to that particular person, there's no hesitation to sense and feel and know how that sounded to them internally in, into their spirit to do what God called them to do, because once you react to that voice to you again, they're even more willing to carry out where God is. It's an amazing thing. Romans 10, 17, faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. But to John chapter 16, how is this working for us these days? How is this working through, for us these days? Now, when we look at John in the 16th chapter, in the fifth uh, verse, we're going to take a look at one of the works of the Holy Spirit. Okay? So what is the Holy Spirit's function? The Holy Spirit's function is always creative ability. That's who he is. He's an empowerer. He's uh, somebody that uh, uh, when he's on the scene, created. We know, going back to Genesis 1, that the earth was void and then the Spirit of God began to hover over it hovers over your life, those things that are also void will begin to take shape. So when we look at how does God speak to us, we've got that there uh, are different ways that he functions in and through even the different parts of the Trinity. Jesus saying this in verse 5, Now I to him who sent me, and none of you asked me, are you going? They didn't ask him where they are going because they didn't I believe that these guys were locked in hook, line, and sinker with Jesus behind him. You know, they were still thinking that this was going to be some powerful, amazing kingdom. And they were going to stand beside him, be the ones who ruled with him on, in this earthly, not knowing that his uh, picture, Jesus' picture was way bigger. Verse 6, but because I have said these things, has filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. Now listen to verse, listen to this. It is 
your advantage that I go away. That I for if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. If I depart, I will send him to you. And then he who has come will condemn sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Three things of sin because they don't believe. The Holy Spirit is wooing people. He's drawing him into that place where he points. But yet there's a savior because in verse 10 of righteousness, because I go to be with my father and you see me no more. Uh, 11 of judgment because of the because the ruler of this world is judged. Verse 12. I still have many things to what? No, I can't. What? I still have many things to Say to you, this is one person speaking to other people. I still have many things to say to you, but you can't bear them now. How many of you realize that if God told you 20 years ago where you would be right now, you might have ran? Amen? Hallelujah. If God would have told me 35 years ago where I'd be right now, I guarantee you it would have shook me to a place that I was not able to bear what his goal for my life was 35 years ago. I, there's no doubt about it. I guarantee you, if he had told me what I would be doing, that I'd be like, out, man, that is, I can't see me doing that. So verse 13, everybody say, however. However, when he, the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not, what? Speak on his own but whatever he hears, he will walk, speak, and he will tell you things to come. The Holy Spirit is care uh, of the Father, and the Father has released the Holy Spirit unto us so that God can speak to us and lead us in those dimensions that he would have in store for us. Why do I say that? I say that because I don't want this to be some supernatural thing that you think is only for the pastors of the church and the elders of the church, the leaders of the church. This is for all people of the church. Turn with me if you would, Acts chapter 13. I just want to give you just a example. Let's look at uh, verse, uh, what, now in the church, uh, there was at Antioch, there were certain prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simeon, uh, who was called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Menin, who had been brought up uh, with Herod, the Tetrarch, and Saul. As they ministered to the Lord and fasted, what's the next word say? And the Holy Spirit, what? Said. The Holy Spirit spoke to them. Now separate to me, Barnabas and Saul, for what? For the work to which I have called them. Then, having fasted and prayed and laid hands on them, they sent them away. They were in a place to where they were looking for, for, for God to, to, to give, them, give them direction. The Holy Spirit came and told them what to do. And then it says in verse 3, having fasted and prayed, they laid hands on them and they did what? They set away. Why? Because they had the word of the Lord. When you have the word of the Lord, when God wants you to do something, it's easy to say, I'm going to go do that because I know what it sounds like when God speaks to me. So do what he's called me to do is going to be a simple process, simple process of just obedience. 
means it doesn't mean the process is going to be easy. It means moving in the direction God would have for us would be easy. The Bible tells us what in Revelations 3.20. Skip ahead one scripture for me there. Revelations 3.20. The, the Bible says, Behold. Everybody say that. Behold. I love that. I stand at the door and knock. Now, what does he say next? If anyone hears my voice and what? opens the door. It's interesting at our new house. People can pull away and we never hear them. We never hear them. You know, we'll be watching the Dodgers game and, and we'll go out in the porch and there's three boxes from FedEx, UPS, the Postal Service. They all came during the game, off packages, never hear them. Never, never hear them. But see, God's not like that. He, he, he moves into a place that when he knocks, the, he says, Anyone who hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and dine with him and he with me. See, there's something about the intimacy of hearing God's voice that brings us into a relational perspective with who he is. Now, how does God do this? Well, he does this, and I want you to catch this. He does this through the wisdom of believers. Turn with me, if you would. To Exodus chapter 18. Exodus chapter 18. I want to provide examples of what I'm talking about here because this is why it's important to be in a body. This is why it's important to surround yourself with people who love God. They are pressing into them because the more people press into God, the more he speaks to them. The more he speaks to them, the wiser that we become. Amen? The Bible tells us in the book of James, if you lack wisdom, to what? Go to him, and he'll give us a little, just a little. Right? That's what the Bible says. He'll just give you enough to give you. No. It says, I will give you wisdom liberally. I will pour out all of the wisdom you need. Okay? So how does he do that? How does he just pour out wisdom? Well, I'm here to say to you that he does that through other people in your life. So in, in chapter 18, I'm going to paraphrase the, the, the first part. Moses, Israelites out of the wilderness. I love the part. Uh, uh, Jethro, his father-in-law, in verse 5, it says he brought his sons and wives to Moses. So they had been separated. But isn't it interesting that God might separate you from your family Process, but he always brings the family back together. And so Jethro, Moses' father-in-law, came with his sons and wife in verse 5 to Moses in the wilderness where he was encamped at the mountain of God. Now, he had said to Moses, I, your father-in-law Jethro, am coming to you with your wife and her two sons with her. And so Moses went out, met the father-in-law, bowed and kissed him, and they eat, and they asked each other about how their well-being was. Hey, how you doing, man? I haven't seen you forever. Are you doing okay? Just, you know, that kind of stuff. And Moses told his father-in-law, he's telling him the story. Moses said to Jethro, Jethro, you are not going to believe 
what has taken place. And I'm sure it was a great story. And so that's what happened uh, up to verse 12. They but verse 13 is where I want to focus and, so, and, and beyond. And so it was on the next day that Moses sat to judge. And the people stood before Moses from morning until evening. So when Moses' father-in-law saw all the people, he said, what is this thing that you are doing for the people? See, sometimes we need godly people of wisdom in life that can see our life is operating from the outside. They can see things that we don't see because we're right in the midst of it. Could be good things, could be bad things, but they have perspective on what they're doing and how they see it. So Moses' father asked what he did and what is this thing you're doing? Why do you alone see all the people stand before you from morning until evening? Moses said, because I'm so important, Jethro, nobody else can do this, only I can do this. Moses said to his father-in-law, because the people come to me to inquire of God. And when they have a, difficult, a difficulty or a dispute, they come to me. And I judge between the one and the other. And I make known the statutes of God and his law. How many people came out of uh, Egypt with Moses on this journey? How many? couple million, let's just say, roughly, we'll just go with a couple million, okay? We won't dig into the, all the millions. One dude is handling the disputes of a couple million people. Come on now. Uh, you know, Moses was just doing the do because God sent him in uh, to, to uh, Egypt to rescue them, so he thought everything was on his own and so Moses' father-in-law said to him, this thing that you do is not good. It's not good. You know, uh, you're not going to have time for your family. You're not going to have time for your person. to have time for anything God speaks to you. Uh, both you and these people who are with you will surely wear yourselves out. For this thing is too much for you. You are not able to perform it by yourself. Listen now to my voice, and I will give you counsel, and God will be with you. Stand before God for the people, so that you may bring the difficulties to God. And you shall teach them the statutes and laws. See, he's moving from being this everyday judge to being the teacher that's going to transform them to help them need to have disputes regulated. And he ultimately said, break these groups up into this many people and charge of all those people. That's amazing wisdom. How many of you would say amen? Amen. That's incredible wisdom. Where does this wisdom come from? God. All good things come from God. All tremendous wisdom comes from God. Turn with me, if you would, to Proverbs chapter 11. Proverbs chapter 11, and we're going to good news of Proverbs, and it, it continues to instruct us, and it will instruct us on these issues as well. So Proverbs chapter 11, verse 14, there's three places in where this kind of statement is made. Three times the, the proverb says to them that there is a counsel that's going to protect you in different avenues of your life. Proverbs 11, verse 14 says this, Where there is no counsel, 
the people fall. But in the multitude of counselors, there is what? There is safety. So where there is no counsel, the people fall. We, we have a limited knowledge. We can't know everything. I know nothing about cars. And I used car. I can lift up the hood. I can take a wrench and tap on this and know what I'm tapping. I got no idea what I'm tapping. I don't know if the rocker arm, you know where a rocker arm is if you want to know. This. I don't know ball joints, joints. And so if I'm going to go in and buy a used car and spend God's money and I'm going to use my wisdom, I would be foolish to do that. So anytime I buy a used car, I take it to the people who know. I take it to the council of people who are uh, 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 well aware of what a car should and shouldn't do and should and shouldn't sound like. And so I have been extremely successful. I have never had a used car lemon. Never. I've never had. As a matter of fact, and this goes in the category of my daughters always say, Dad, who talks to the people who bought your car, your last car? Who talks to the people who you bought their house from? Me. I do that. I do that all the time. So we, were, we had sold the Camry to a person who was going to drive to Utah and back. The Camry had over 100,000 miles on it. It was perfectly taken care of. I had, when I sold it to them, I knew it was a great car. Great car when I sold it. And this guy texted me back and said, thank you for selling me the Camry. This is an amazing car. We've used it. We're still driving it. It's incredible. Well, it goes back to the idea of how did you buy it in the first place? You didn't buy it on what wisdom you had. You bought it on the wisdom of the people who the council to make sure that that uh, that all there's uh, in the multitude of counselors. There's one safety. Turn with me to Proverbs 15. Can I have the worship team come come back? Proverbs chapter 15. Okay, so in Verse 22, it says this. Without counsel, plans go awry. But in the multitude of counselors, they are established. What's established? Your plans. Your plans are established. I want to read that in the, in the TPT. It says, your plans in the TPT, it says, your plans will fall apart right in front of you if you fail to get good advice. But if you seek first out multiple, multiple, your plans will succeed. How many of you want to succeed? Amen. Well, how you can see that God's given you a plan for success right in, in Proverbs. If you want to succeed in investing, do not become a day trader with no. You will get in, you'll get success on one or two stocks, and then sure as the world, with your lack of wisdom, you will buy several others that will crash right in front of you, and what you thought that you were a genius in, in the first couple deals, you will find that your wisdom, your knowledge could not carry you to the ultimate place to where you're always successful in day trading. So if you want to invest, go to the people who are experts in investing your money. I work too hard for my money to just 
you know, hope that it's going to work out, hope that it's going to make me money. No. It says, so first we see there's safety. First, the second thing we see is that there are plans that we're going to make that in the multitude of counsel that those plans succeed. Turn with me to chapter 24 in verse 6. It says this in Proverbs, uh, I, I said 18, I gave you 18, Maddie, but it is 6. And so it says this in verse 6, for by wise counsel you will what? Wage your own war. Wage your own war. Wow. By wise counsel, it, it says your own war. We're all going to have things in life that are going to be battles, man. They're going to be battles. There's, there's things that we go through, man, that, you know, uh, uh, they're your battle to wage. I can't wage Jim's battle. I'm waging my own. But God's got Jim's wisdom for him to wage his warfare. How does he get that? Because Jim goes to people and gets wise counsel for his spiritual situation. And now he can become a man who wages war uh, through the multitude of counsel and he'll be safe because of it. There are things that God reveals to us that leads us into the place that he would have us to be. See, God wants to speak to us. How does he speak to us? He speaks through his word. What else does he use? He uses his Holy Spirit. His Holy Spirit is going to be that confirming voice. As the Holy Spirit hears from the Father, he's going to reveal it to us. When is it going to come? Right now. It's a present tense word that God gives us. What is that present tense going to do? It's going to do something in you that's ultimately going to pay a dividend for somebody else, a.k.a. the girl at the counter. The person at the gas station. You see, this is the way God works his kingdom. Through his voice, he leads us to those places he needs us to be. I want you to stand with me for a moment. And I want you just to take a moment. We're going to practice. I know that many of you came today. You've got things that are going on inside of your life. There's people here today that don't feel loved by God. I'm going to tell you that is a lie from the enemy. God loves you like you cannot imagine. There's people that are going through things that are emotionally taxing on them and you feel alone. You are not alone because the word says God never leaves you or forsakes you. There are some people in here right now that you've got decisions to make, key decisions to make. You do not have to make them on your own. There's wisdom in the multitude of counsel. So we're going to worship. We're going to just sing this song for just a moment. And then I'm going to ask the worship team to just be silent. And then I'm going to ask God to speak to you. I'm going to ask him to speak to you about that current situation you're in. And I'm going to tell you, many of you are going to feel or sense or, or hear something, whether it's a voice or it's an impression. But God is going to speak to you today because that's what he does. When we come to the Father... He doesn't turn his head and look the other way. Amen? When we come to the Father, he doesn't leave us wanting. He provides for us what we need. So, Father, this morning, I'm just so thankful, God, that we can come to you and that you provide mercy, you provide grace, you provide wisdom, you provide everything that we need through your voice. Father, today, I'm asking you, 
to make this word that I'm preaching come alive into the hearts and in the spirits of those who are here this morning and those who are watching us online. Father, there's so many people that need to know how good you are. They need to know that you are here in this exact moment, in this exact circumstance or situation that they are in. And so, Father, today, I pray that as we worship you for this short time, that, Father, you would begin speaking, even right now. Speak to that one who's emotionally challenged right now that you're with them. Speak to that one who has a critical decision to make that you will lead them. Speak to the one, Father, who uh, needs a financial resource right now. You know where that resource is. And I pray that you speak to them. So, Father, we come before you, Lord. Oh, we come before you, Lord. Hallelujah. We come to the Father. I've carried a burden Hallelujah, Jesus For too long on my own Yes, Jesus, hallelujah I wasn't created Yes, just sing this to the Lord To be alone I hear your invitation Thank you so much for listening to this week's message. We hope you were challenged, encouraged, and inspired as you listened to this teaching from God's Word. For more messages or information about our church, please go to www.redeemers.life.